Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Patriots Report is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through to the Final Four and championship game. BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. Bet online, where the game starts. Today on the Patriots Report, it's Mark Daniels from Mass Live. Mark has covered the team for a number of years for multiple outlets, and he gives us some great information on the state of the Patriots at this stage of the offseason, as well as an assessment of their activity in free agency, where they might go in the draft, and much more, including some thoughts on Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, and others. That's all up right now on the Patriots Report. <laughs> Where do you stand on the idea of Lamar Jackson to the Patriots? Um, well, I want to say about around March 5th, I reported the Patriots were not expected to show interest in Lamar Jackson. So I stand in the camp of it's not going to happen because I was told it is not expected to happen. I, I understand the allure of adding a former MVP quarterback, right? I mean, you instantly become a Super Bowl contender and Lamar Jackson could take the Patriots to new heights, but at 40, 50 million guaranteed per year for a guy who's only played 12 games the last, you know, each of the last two years, there's a giant risk involved. And my understanding with the Patriots line of thinking is that they were going to go ahead with their two quarterbacks, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, partly because they're on rookie deals, right? So you don't have a guy back there who has a 30 plus million dollar cap hit. It'll theoretically allow you to spread that money else elsewhere. elsewhere. And the Patriots are a team that they just they need more talent everywhere, you know, not just quarterback everywhere. They need to spend more money and they need to bring in what I think more blue chip talent. So my understanding this offseason was that the Patriots didn't look at themselves as a team that needed a veteran quarterback for that type of money because, you know, they have two young guys who they've won some games with and they were going to roll that way. You know, could that change in a year? Yeah, of course. But, you know, as fun as Lamar Jackson would be in Gillette Stadium, you know, I, I was told that that's not going to happen. It feels like that that is the, one of the preferred team building approaches that a lot of a, a lot of really successful groups out there a lot of successful franchises have followed where you get a young quarterback on that first deal and you surround him with blue chip talent now the patriots are still i think they've done a better job this offseason in terms of adding that blue chip talent but where do you think they stand right now as we sit here on March 23rd when it comes to the roster you know, I, I think they're at the very least back to where they were in 2021, probably a little bit more talented. I mean, I could see them, sure, winning 10 games and getting into the wild card round. The question is, have you closed the gap towards to the Bills? It's, it's tough to say, and I don't I don't think that much. I mean, theoretically, Mike Kosecki and, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster are upgrades over Jacoby Myers and John Smith, at least on paper. I mean, there's there's other elements, right? Jacoby Myers was a great guy in the locker room. He was durable. And he was, he was just consistent. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't been all that durable. He hasn't been known to be a leader like Jacoby was. So, you know, we'll only, we'll see. I mean, obviously the Patriots think he's an upgrade because they gave him more money. Even like a guy like James Robinson on paper, if he's healthy, he could be more versatile than Damian Harris. But until you see, you don't really know. So like, 
Yeah, sure. The Patriots have, I think they've upgraded their offense. I think on paper, they're better than where they were in 2021 when Mac was a rookie. So theoretically, they should be back in that playoff picture. The question is, how do you get to the Super Bowl with this team? I don't see it. So tackle, right? I think you can upgrade a tackle. I still think you could upgrade a receiver, you know, can they pull off a trade for Jerry Judy cornerback too? You know, we, you know, Chris, we, we were so lucky to see these guys come in. Right. I remember it's like a long time. They didn't have that number one corner and it was just, the defense was bad. It, and all of a sudden it's a keep to lead Darrell Rivas, you know, Malcolm Butler, Stefan Gilmore, JC Jackson. And, and now you kind of don't have that guy. And I, I love Jonathan Jones. I just, I don't see him as a lockdown cornerback. So I think there's room to add some elite talent and very important spots though, you know, tackle cornerback and, and receiver and, I think maybe that's that's where you add it to get to a next level. You mentioned Jerry Judy. Give me your take on where the Patriots stand right now, if they're even in the conversation when it comes to Jerry Judy and DeAndre Hopkins. And as a follow-up to that, do we make too much of the reported or apparent distaste between Hopkins and Bill O'Brien, or is that justified? Um, it's interesting. I, I talked to a lot of people about Bill O'Brien this offseason, including one of his close friends, John Perry, who happened to be DeAndre Hopkins' receivers coach for the Houston Texans. Um and he coached DeAndre Hopkins for the three years he was an All-Pro. And he told me he still talks to DeAndre. And what he said was that, like, both of them respect one another. And he believes that DeAndre Hopkins would play for Bill O'Brien because they're pros. And, and, you know, like, DeAndre Hopkins, he doesn't think DeAndre Hopkins would say no to Bill Belichick, you know, to join the Patriots because Bill O'Brien's there. He thinks there's a level of respect between them that it could still work. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think he would nix it over Bill O'Brien, but that's just my personal opinion. I know there are other people who disagree with me on that. Um, acquiring him, though, I, I don't know. I don't know if I see that happening. Um, mm-hmm. he, he wants probably a certain amount of money that I'm not entirely sure the Patriots are willing to go. The Patriots have somewhere around that $12 million mark in cap space, and they can't afford DeAndre Hopkins. Doesn't mean, you know, they can't make it work. But I just, I don't know. I mean, Bill Belichick's history is, is that he doesn't get that, right? He doesn't spend that big money item on the receiver. So with DeAndre Hopkins, that's it's it's less about Bill O'Brien and me and more about the price tag. I mean, but how much is he willing to take right now to play? I mean, there's reports out there saying that he still wants, you know, upwards of 12 to 15 million. If that's the case, I don't see him in New England. Um, Jerry Judy, though, you know, you have a fifth year option on him. I, I definitely see that. I don't think the Patriots would trade 14. I mean, if they would trade 14, I think the deal would be done already. That's what mm-hmm. the Broncos want. Yeah. But a second round pick, absolutely. Yeah, I would throw a second round pick and even more. I mean, I would take a second and a fourth and absolutely hand it to the Denver Broncos for Jerry Judy. I, I like him. I, I do wonder if his skill set is almost too similar to Juju Smith Schuster, where they both play in the slot and outside. But mm-hmm. at this point, I say with the Patriots, take take all the blue chippers you can get. There's the Alabama connection. He played on Mac Jones for a little bit there. So I would I would love to see that happen. But you know that the more this offseason goes on and it doesn't happen, the less likely I think it will. What do you think, in your opinion, having covered the team for such a long time, is the most surprising thing about the way the Patriots have gone about their business this offseason? Tackle, for, for sure. I mean, tackle for me was the number one priority. It was just a turnstile at right tackle. Isaiah Wynn was horrible. Connor McDermott was an upgrade, but not 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 the one you wanted. You know, at one point, they, you know, they gave the job to Marcus Cannon last year, who didn't play really a year ago. So I, I honestly thought they would go out and they would sign a veteran and um, like like a like a legit veteran and like Riley Reef, the, their biggest signing a tackle. Remember last year he didn't start for the Bears to start. He was their top backup. He sat the first seven games. Then there was an injury and Riley started the final ten. So they bring in Calvin Anderson, a, a backup who started some games, and then they bring in Riley Reef, a backup who started some games for the Bears. And the Bears turn around and say, hey. 
we need to upgrade our offensive line. They don't bring Riley Reef back. So if the Patriots plan a tackle, it was just Riley Reef and Calvin Anderson. I'll be disappointed. I, I think they have to draft someone in the first or second round to, for me to, to make it worth it. I, I think you go in to that situation with Riley Reef, Connor McDermott, Calvin Anderson. It's a recipe for disaster. Protect your quarterback first and foremost. I mean, you've already brought in Bill O'Brien, a new offensive line coach, Adrian Clem, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gusecki. I think the fi- like the final, honest final piece is, is a high upside tackle. So you're saying basically if there's one overriding priority for this team right now, offensive tackle, wide receiver, punter, if they stayed on the calendar, <laughs> you're, you're, you're saying you're saying it's, it's tackle. Yeah, I mean, they can get by with the receiver group they have. You know, they in 2021 they did, and this group is better than what happened in 2021. I mean, you think about 21, your third receiver was Nelson Aguilar, your fourth was Nikhil Harry. Now you're looking at, you know, Kendrick Bourne and, and Tyquan Thornton. That, that's an improvement. The depth chart has improved, even though they don't have the top-level talent, but they they need a better tackle. You know, I'd like to see them upgrade cornerback. Unsure if they're going to do it. And, yeah, punter, it's, that's, at this point – should we just pencil the kid in from Rutgers, right? There's a Rutgers punter available in the, in the draft. Exactly. Like, he plays for Greg Schiano. I, I mean, yeah. They, unless, unless they're going to shock all of us and sign them, um, there's a restricted free agent from the Chiefs, Tommy Townsend, who's an all first-team All-Pro. I mean, it, it would not be unlike Bill Belichick to sign a restricted free agent punter. <laughs> going back to the wide receiver talk. <laughs> You wrote about a week or so ago of six guys, I believe it was, who uh, could still help out the Patriots when it comes to free agency. One of them was Odell Beckham Jr. Make a case for OBJ as a member of the 2023 Patriots. With with Odell Beckham, I, I think even after missing a year and coming off a knee injury, he provides an element of a person that other teams have to game plan for. And I think he you have to account for Odell Beckham more so than Devontae Parker or Kendrick Bourne or Tyquan Thornton, or, or maybe even Juju Smith-Schuster, just because I don't know, there's something about him, right? He has that aura. He has great hands. And the fact that he has great hands and he's, he's in good shape, I, I, I think he could help out. I mean, if I had a pick right now, who do you want on the field? Third down Odell Beckham or Tyquan Thornton or pick an Odell Beckham. Um, even in like a tight spot, Odell Beckham versus Devontae Parker, I, I'd rather go to Odell Beckham. Um, he has the versatility to play inside and outside, and I think that would work well with the Patriots. Um, one thing they do lack is, I think, another X receiver behind Devontae Parker. Um, and at this point, looking at the free agent list, I'm, I'm not very inspired um, outside of Odell Beckham. There's, you know, DJ Chark, what, Jr. You know, I mean, at that point, give, give me Odell. I, I don't, I do not think he would hurt you, and it certainly doesn't sound like he'd cost you a lot at this moment. So if they signed him, who's the odd man out in that wide receiver's room? a good question if they sign him you know I, I think it would be a sign that maybe they don't trust the development of Tyquan Thornton um he started a lot of games last year he ran a lot of routes it wasn't very productive um it wasn't unlike Nikhil Harry in the sense that they played Nikhil a lot as a rookie he, I mean his first two years he, Nikhil Harry started more games than Jacoby Myers he just didn't produce so mm-hmm. with Tyquan Thornton I thought he had a great um camp I, I was really impressed with him in the offseason he missed time with the broken broken collarbone but at the end of the day I mean he played more snaps than Kendrick Bourne you know he ran you know he ran a lot of routes he just wasn't very productive so if the Patriots do add someone and they don't say trade Kendrick Bourne you know because he was obviously the admin out last year maybe it's more of an indictment of what they do not think Tyquan Thornton will be and then maybe Tyquan Thornton takes a red shirt year and comes back in 2024 theoretically he you know he takes the year off maybe gets a little bit bigger maybe learns certain aspects of the offense and you know they kind of tweak his development a little bit 
Yeah, it's you know, the Patriots for whatever reason with these receivers and their drafts them, they just they're not getting it right. And you look at last year in the second round, like they they take Taekwon over you know George Pickens, who's clearly a better prospect, but had issues you know in college mm-hmm. for sure, and he had issues with Pittsburgh. But even a kid like Alex Pierce, um, who went after him as well with Indy, you look what he did. He was he was, a, he was a good receiver. So yeah, the Patriots have to get it right. And if they don't think Taekwon Thornton is is is, a, is a gonna, going to be a guy, a contributor, yeah, sign OG OD, you know, sign Odell or you know draft someone else because you're you're at a point where you just got to keep throwing stuff against the wall until it sticks at that position. Did the Patriots do anything in free agency to make you rethink things when it came to really trying to pinpoint their approach this year's draft? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, sort of. I, you know, when they when they lost Jacoby Myers, um, my first reaction was like, all right, they're going to get Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, he is sort of a comp to Jacoby Myers, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, and I was like, all right, at 14, they're going to draft a receiver. And then the next day they go out and they signed Juju Smith-Schuster. It was interesting, the sort of one-for-one one deal there. I, for whatever, Even though it's like it's obvious why they signed Juju Smith-Schuster, right? He, it's, it's, he's clearly replacing Jacoby Myers on paper. It just it surprised me. You know, you don't, you don't always see the Patriots act like that. Um, in terms of their draft needs, I, I don't know if it's ultimately changed because I always thought going back to tackle, that was the spot. So that was, that was the biggest surprise for me. Tackle and maybe even cornerback right now. I, I did think... The Patriots were at, at the very least at a veteran cornerback on the outside. I mean, your outside cornerback depth isn't great. I mean, last year you had Marcus Jones playing outside and he's not an outside cornerback. So even with Jalen Mills, like there's a report the other day that he's going to move to safety. All right. If Jalen moves, moves to safety, who's starting? Is it Jack Jones? Because Jack Jones has not been reliable ever at any, any program. He wasn't reliable at USC. He wasn't reliable at Arizona state. He comes to Patriots like, like a 25 year old rookie and he got suspended again. You know, I, I wouldn't trust Jack Jones to last a season. So if you're going to move Jalen Mills to safety, get get a cornerback. So they might be in a sweet spot there. I would, by the way, Joey Porter Jr., give me that storyline all day long with his dad who hates the Patriots. That's that's my guy. 14, bring it, bring it on. I want, I want to write about that. That would be the football definition of a chef's kiss, that Joey Porter's son becomes a member of the New England Patriots, and Joey Porter has to show up in Foxborough every weekend with Patriots gear on, saying nice things about Bill Belichick. Oh, he, you know, he he hates the Patriots so much. He's called them cheaters. It would just, it would be amazing to see his son come start, you know, opposite of Jonathan Jones, be a number one cornerback. Yeah, that would be, that'd be the best. I'm, I'm rooting for that. Even without Devin McCourty's retirement, it felt like there are some shifting elements there in that secondary. You just referenced the idea of Jalen Mills moving from cornerback to safety. You have to imagine that Kyle Duggar is going to have an even bigger role, maybe not off the field as well as a leader uh, going into 2023. What do you expect to see from that group going into this season? Because again, it looks like there's some things that are changing over there. That's that's an area of concern for me. You know, last year they they got by. Um, they played a lot more zone coverage than we've ever seen before, and it was because they didn't have a lockdown. You know, really true man-to-man corner. Um, but when they had Jonathan Jones act like a lockdown, you know, true one man-to-man corner, it was against Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs. They didn't fare well in those back-to-back weeks against Buffalo and in, in Minnesota. So I'm I'm concerned, but I'm I'm, I'm also I'm. I'm probably more concerned about safety because like at cornerback, you can disguise things with zone coverage that you can make it work. And we saw that happen at free safety. The things Devin McCourty did, people had no idea. 
I talked to him after um, the last game in Buffalo about switching from cornerback to safety. He admitted he hated it. He was already thinking about free agency. He wanted to leave. And the reason it changed was that Bill Belichick sat him down and said, hey, you were you were going to be the quarterback of the defense. You make the calls. So depending on what the offense would do, Devin McCourty would switch the defensive line, line, alignment around every play. And he told me he had a game plan for it. And he, he said that essentially if you ever saw him celebrating away from a play, it's because he made a call to put a teammate in position. So the Patriots just lost that. <laughs> who, who replaces it? Because yeah. I understand Jalen Mills played free safety in Philly one year. But, like, I, honestly, I'd feel more comfortable if they signed a veteran free safety just in case. Or maybe they, they draft a kid from Alabama. But that, that's a huge spot. And, it, and it's not just about his play on the field. It's about the calls he made. And they have to find a guy who's that smart to do it. I mean, that for me, honestly, that's it's an X factor. I think it's still a sort of a sneaky need as we get into April. I want to flip back over to offense really quickly. One last tackle question for you. Is Trent Brown a starting tackle for this team come week one? I believe so. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't call him reliable, um, but I'd say his upside is that of a Pro Bowl tackle. And there's enough there's enough of that there that makes you say, you know, we should keep him around at, the, at this current rate. It, you know, if they're playing, I know people on Twitter all the time have been in my mentions this week, oh, they could release Trent Brown. They could trade Trent Brown. But really? You're going to release or trade Trent Brown and you're going to start Riley Reef and a rookie? Is that what it is? I, I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have Trent Brown as my starter. You have a better backup behind him. If he's at left tackle with Calvin Anderson, you theoretically could switch him to the right side if you do draft a left tackle. I just think his his upside is too high to give up on or at least release. it. The Patriots have surprised me before with some of these moves. I would I would really be shocked at it because I I, just, I think he has potential to be better than anybody on your offensive line when he's motivated, healthy, and just you know, it's not always the case with Trent, but you know there are times he's just dominant. If you draft a tackle, could you see him as part of a trade ship that potentially brings a wide receiver or some other position of need to New England? It's interesting. It's almost sort of what they did when they acquired him, right? They I think that year they drafted Isaiah Wynn and then they traded for Trent Brown. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if they draft a left tackle, say the kid from Ohio State, uh, Paris Johnson Jr., and they say, all right, he's going to be our left tackle. We're going to roll it right tackle with Riley Reef and Connor McDermott. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, who is it? Is it is it Jerry Judy? Are you telling me to get Jerry Judy, you have to trade Trent Brown? I would say, all right, all right let's, let's, let's think about it. Let's think about it. I just I have hesitation about what's happening on the right side. I, I'd honestly rather than see them draft a right tackle to compete with Riley Reef. I think that's to me, that'd be my preferred course of action. Give me your one rock solid draft take, Patriots or no, maybe league wide, that you think absolutely has to happen on draft weekend that you feel just absolutely bulletproof about when it comes to to this year's draft. Well, the Patriots are drafting a punter in the fifth round, probably. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's my, my rock solid thing that has to happen. Um, what else is going to happen is um, people will overdraft tackles and quarterbacks because of the positions they are. And, and I think because of the overdrafting of tackles, it, it always it makes me concerned about the Patriots at 14 because I think ideally you get a top two tackle there, but you might be looking at a spot where the top three guys are off the board before they're up at 14. And now maybe they... You know, never be surprised if they draft a defensive lineman, but maybe you do get a cornerback. But the overdrafting of tackles is something that happens because those guys get so expensive. And if you can get a starter on a rookie deal, it's kind of like the franchise quarterback thing. If you're not paying someone 15, 20 million, you can get them for, you know, much, much below that. 
go for it. So that's why these guys get drafted so high. So we'll see if, uh, you know, my man Paris Johnson or anyone else is there at 14. Is he your guy? Everyone has a draft me. I like him. Is yeah, I, I like him. Yeah, I, I like him. His his teammate, what's it, Dewan Jones, who's like 6'8", almost 400 pounds. He, he'd be fun because, he, honestly, you could say oh, it's like a Trent Brown Jr. sort of thing in terms of size. I mean, I, can, I couldn't imagine having him and Trent on the same offensive line, but Paris Johnson Jr. seems you know, pretty solid. Not the biggest 6'6", but athletic. I think it could work. Nate Hightower and Devin McCourty both made it official this month, retiring after long and very successful careers in New England. As someone who is there every day, give people some idea what sort of impact those two had on the franchise over the last dozen or so years. Devin McCourty is one of the best human beings I've ever met in a professional locker room. My first time really being down there to cover the Patriots, not as a beat writer, but as just a sports writer, was in 2011. And that year, you know, Devin's coming off an all-pro season at cornerback. Everyone in New England thought he was the new Darrell Rivas. And then his second year happens, and he was bad. He, he got picked on a lot on offense through the media. People crushed him. If Twitter was more relevant, people would have destroyed Devin McCourty. And he heard it, and it, and it hurt him. And the thing that impressed me about Devin was that year, his second year, he became a captain. He talked to the media, like, every day after every game. You remember, he, Chris, he was just posted up all the time. And I remember saying, like, this is what a true leader is, right? You're playing poorly. People are killing you in the media and you sit there after every game and you take it. And he was insightful with his answers. And I told him that and when I met with him for the last time in Buffalo, like, I was like, man, I was so impressed with you because it just, I think he showed me that like leadership comes in all different forms and fashion. And Devin was just really an A plus leader. He was such a good dude, especially for a member of the media. You could always go to him, you know, one-on-one -on -one and he'd, He'd be honest with you. He'd tell you the truth. He would tell you if he thought you were wrong. I really appreciated that about, about Devin. He's just, you know, he's really going to be missed on there. He's one of those guys for me who, and I've said this before on this podcast, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. And we heard from Bill. He, he kind of touched on a little bit the other day. He's going to go down as one of Bill Belichick's favorite all-time players. Maybe not one of his best, but one of his favorite guys to coach in his entire history in the National Football League. Yeah, he's just so smart, too. He just knows football. And the story Bill told the other day at his retirement ceremony that, you know, he went to Rutgers and sort of tried to quiz him on the defense. And he was trying to trick Devin and he couldn't get him because Devin knew the assignments for every teammate on the field on defense. So even the defensive linemen, even the defensive tackles, Devin knew it. And Bill called it his most impressive pre-draft interview ever, you know. And yeah, absolutely. You know, you get a guy that smart, that personable, just. And the stuff he did, you know, off the field, too, and throughout the community for social justice, for change. Devin McCourty made change happen off the football field, which is just really an A-plus human being. What sticks out to you about the career of Dante Hightower? Clutch, you know, clutch those three. Every, I mean, you win three Super Bowls and you play. And you, it's one thing to win three Super Bowls and to start those three Super Bowls. But he had moments in all three of them, right? I mean, the one-arm tackle against Marshawn Lynch, I mean, you remember Dante Hightower prior to the Seattle Super Bowl, he injured his shoulder so bad that in warm-ups and practice, he couldn't, he couldn't move his arm to run. He like he was running with one arm. He had he had one arm basically down by his side. And that guy who was basically playing with one arm at the end of the season makes one of the biggest tackles in Super Bowl history to set up the biggest play in Super Bowl history with Malcolm Butler. Then, you know, the strip sack on Matt Ryan to help them help the page come back from 28 to 3 against the Falcons. And what do you have? What two sacks against the Rams in his mm -hmm. final Super Bowl win. And that, that Super Bowl win, maybe I don't know if it has a defining moment, maybe the Gronk catch, but like the Patriots defense had maybe perhaps the most dominant defensive 
performance in Super Bowl history, holding the Rams to three points. I mean, in Dante Hightower, I think there was an argument that he deserved MVP honors over Julian Edelman because it was the defense that won you that game. So, I mean, he was so clutch. Also, a nice guy, quiet. You know, he didn't love talking to the media, but if you got him one on one, he was always pretty good and personable. Yeah. Did stuff to did stuff to help out. I, I know he helped out. I believe with diabetes. His his mom, you know, has diabetes, and he, he really tried to raise money and help out that cause. So a good dude. You know, get someone from Alabama, you could tell why Nick Saban liked him and why Bill Belichick liked him. One of the things that we always seem to pull out every year when it comes to the draft is, oh, the Patriots love drafting captains. They love drafting captains. You know, they look for leadership, that kind of thing. I wonder if that part of a prospect's resume gets a little closer look this year because of Hightower leaving. And look, I know he wasn't there you know, last year, but Hightower, McCourty, all of these guys who are absolutely key parts of that second Patriots wave, that second Patriots title run are all gone, guys who are leaders. And I wonder if they start to, again, pay attention to the idea that, okay, this guy's demonstrated himself to be a leader. I know there are guys in the locker room like Juwan Bentley, Jonathan Jones, but I wonder if that kind of gets a little bit of a longer look, you know, the, the the leadership skills get a little bit of a longer look this year in the run-up to the draft. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it kind of has to, right? I mean, Matthew Slater's back, which is great, but I mean, does anyone expect him to play next year? And we say that every year about Matthew Slater, but you know, he, he's a great leader. You're probably going to lose him soon. Yeah, they definitely need to sort of rebalance and get a new brand of leadership. You know, maybe it is Mac Jones. And I know Devin McCourty also shouted out Jawan Bentley. And yeah, Jawan Bentley was a three-year captain at Purdue. Jawan Bentley is also in a contract here. You know, um, and you lost one of your bigger leaders too in Jacoby Myers. So I, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I think the captain thing shouldn't be overlooked. Honestly, my plan over the next couple of weeks is to read up on these draft bios and see who was multi-year captains because – I need to, you know, sort of pin those guys in as potential Patriots because it's it's imperative. And as you move on without the McCordys and eventually Matthew Slater's, there has to be this new blend of, you know, leadership. And I think with some guys, it comes naturally. And that's the guys you want in your program. Mark, I love what you and Chris Mason do at Mass Live. You guys do a lot of great work, not just the day-to-day stuff, which I know is enough of a challenge, but going a little bit deeper looking at the numbers, looking at the personalities. I really like what you guys do. Tell people where they can follow you on social media and read your stuff. Yeah, uh, check us out at masslive.com. All our Patriot content is there. We write a ton. Um, you can check us on Facebook. If you Facebook, the Mass Live Patriots page it has a growing following. And on Twitter, I changed my Twitter handle. It's now by Mark Daniels, just like the byline. So I had to get rid of the old one. Um, so no more blue check mark, but it is me, I promise. Sounds good. Mark, take care. Hopefully we can do this again very, very soon. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Thank you. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Two things. First of all, make sure to visit the Believe Shop to get all your Patriots Report gear. That can be found at shop.believe.com. And second, one more reminder that this episode of the Patriots Report has been brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through to the Final Four and championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to receive your bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.